This is Machine Language, the podcast hosted by Manufacturing Automation Magazine. You've tuned in to hear conversations with industry experts on the latest industrial automation technologies and trends in Canada's manufacturing sector. This episode of Machine Language, the podcast, is brought to you by 6S Partners, a certified platinum Epicor partner with customers and service staff spanning North America. 6S is focused on helping its clients adopt ERP best practices and transform to an optimized operational business model that will improve overall efficiencies and profitability. For more information, visit www.6spartners.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Machine Language. I'm your host, Christina Urquhart, editor of Manufacturing Automation Magazine. In the first two episodes of this podcast, we took a look at how implementing automation and strengthening IT systems are going to be of utmost importance coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, we're bringing those ideas together by talking about the need to digitize all business processes and then to digitalize them or gain insights by using technology like enterprise resource planning, edge computing, artificial intelligence, and machine learning. These are not industry buzzwords. According to thought leaders in virtually every industry, not just manufacturing, they are crucial to building resiliency and responding to changing customer behavior, which, as we know, has never been more unpredictable than over the last five months. In a recent McKinsey & Company report, the advisory firm estimates that in a span of just eight weeks this spring, we have moved forward five years in consumer and business digital adoption. Today, I'm joined remotely by Jonathan Gross, Managing Director at Pemico Consulting. You may be familiar with John already. He is a regular contributor to Manufacturing Automation Magazine through columns and webinars and is one of our go-to experts on all things Industry 4.0. John works with manufacturing and distribution clients on what's called digital transformation, the meaning of which we will explore in this episode. John's role encompasses technology architecture and planning, vendor selection, technology procurement, implementation, and ongoing optimization. He integrates enterprise resource planning, or ERP, with edge computing, building systems that use data analytics and the Internet of Things to improve manufacturing execution, quality, supply chain, and logistics. For this episode, I wanted to know about how manufacturers can prepare for a possible wave two of coronavirus and related lockdowns. Safety strategies are in place, so we need to start looking at the other pieces of the puzzle. How can we respond more quickly and ensure business continuity in pressure cooker scenarios like the one caused by COVID-19? So I asked John about short and long-term solutions for new technology, how to pay for it, and what tips he has for SMEs as they consider their post-pandemic plans. Thanks for joining us today, John. Thanks for having me, Christina. I'm really looking forward to today's podcast. Excellent. Me too. So before we dig into how the pandemic is putting pressure on digital transformation timelines, maybe we can start with a few definitions. Can you tell us what digital transformation means and how one goes about getting started? Sure. And it's a good question. It's important to anchor our discussion in defined terms. So digital transformation is really about leveraging technologies to deliver fundamental changes to a business, to the way the business operates and to the way it delivers value to its customers. So it's really more than just technology modernization. It's more than process improvement. The focus really has to be on this concept of transformation. It's not incremental and it's not about gaining a 10 to 15% efficiency uh, improvement. It's about a 70% efficiency gain, for example. It's about entering or making new markets. To succeed, a company needs to use technology to rethink its entire business model. 
Let me give you an example. We've got a client that had been running with the same legacy business processes for 20, 25 years and had gone through a system replacement project where in the early to mid 2000s, it had effectively cloned its legacy processes. Well, fast forward to 2018, 2019, our client was fulfilling orders. These are furniture orders on seven weeks of lead time. Every order that came in had to be engineered, put through the production and the supply chain processes, and then fulfilled. Meanwhile, its competitors were fulfilling on three weeks of lead time. So we had to rethink the entire business model, the entire value stream in order to shave four weeks of lead time off our client. So we had to transform the entire operations from an engineer to order model to a configure to order model and make the orders or 80% of the orders touchless from the point at which a dealer configured that order all the way through to the planning engine. And so it required a wholesale change to the company's organization. The changes that we're talking about should be viewed holistically. So we're talking about changes to organizational structures, to people, to data, to business processes, and to technologies. When we talk about digital transformation, you know, some companies might be adopting bleeding or leading edge technologies and concepts like industry 4.0, where they're leveraging artificial intelligence to make production control decisions. But we could also be talking about fundamental changes that aren't necessarily bleeding edge, but that do imply changes to an underlying business model. So the second part of your question is, well, where do we start? We need to start with business strategies and existing business models and a solid understanding of business and technology trends. And when we take a look, yes, we want to look at our competitors. We want to look at our industry, but we also recommend taking a look outside your industry and trying to find parallels and opportunities that may apply. And once you've painted this big term picture, this long term picture, it becomes a question of breaking down those business objectives and those strategic objectives into a real digestible plan that makes sense for your business. Obviously, COVID-19 is changing those models really rapidly. How would you say that digital transformation is being necessitated by the pandemic? That's a good question. So even before COVID-19, the concept of digital transformation was hot. McKinsey did a study pre-COVID-19 where they surveyed manufacturing business leaders. And those business leaders revealed that 70% of their companies believe that Industry 4.0, again, this idea of intelligent automated factories, was key to their future. But that same study also revealed that 85% of business leaders still didn't have a plan in place. Although the data we have is anecdotal, it's based on our clients, it's based on our market research and so forth, we're seeing COVID-19 accelerating digital initiatives. So we've gotten through a major shock to the system that touched pretty much every facet of a company's business operations. Local and overseas supply chains have been majorly disrupted. Few industries have been immune from major demand side volatility. You know, demand is either way up or it's way down, or we're even experiencing demand for totally new products. So for example, we have an electronics manufacturing client that started to make ventilators as a critical COVID supplier. We have a construction equipment manufacturing client over in the United Kingdom that started making hospital beds. And so if reacting to these changes, supply and demand weren't enough, add workforce management and remote work and other human capital issues into the recipe. And these are major, major changes. So what COVID-19 is doing here is it's underscoring a need for speed, a need for agility. How quickly can you shift your supply chains, your production, 
how quickly can you shift your operations so that you can maintain throughput with a skeleton workforce? Can you make major decisions remotely and so forth? So before COVID-19, these areas were all important to a company, but now they're mission critical. So if we take a look at what's going on down in the States with Tyson Foods, I mean, Tyson Foods is a critical part of the food supply chain. They suffered a COVID-19 outbreak that infected more than 17,000 people, killed 91 workers, and threatened the heart of North America's meat supply system. So in response to COVID-19, Tyson Foods is now rapidly deploying robotics in its meat processing and packing plants, machines that slice livestock and debone and do things like that, whereas before, you know, the company had relied on people. So again, we are seeing COVID-19 rapidly accelerating digital initiatives. So in the case of Tyson Foods, that's a larger scale manufacturer who's responding to the crisis with speed, as you said. What about for an SME? What are some of the ways that digital transformation could help a smaller company face wave two of the coronavirus or even just bigger scale challenges later on? Even small companies or especially small companies need to understand how we can respond to major shifts. And so if we think of a wave two and wave two, we're saying is when, not if, what are the things we could implement between now and then in order to be more responsive? There are things that are the plumbing of an organization. So if we can't go in, can we continue to operate IT infrastructure that houses mission critical systems, for example, what can we do to make sure that those are supported? Can we virtualize? Can we host systems access? Can we have access to the system anytime, anywhere? Collaboration, remote workforces. I mean, this is the future of work. That future is now today. Are we set up for the basics web conferencing, collaboration, document access, analytics access, whatever the case may be? And if we have existing business systems that are underutilized, what are changes we can make in the short term to automate, to integrate, to systematize? How can we make better use of our existing assets? So there are big opportunities for small businesses to make incremental changes to get ready for a wave two. And then on top of that, there are bigger changes that perhaps can be made. But again, uh, you know, with budgetary constraints and so forth, let's think of the plumbing of the organization and let's make sure we're ready for perhaps a second wave coming through. So you identified a number of challenges that could be uh, mitigated by digital transformation. What were some of the main ones for the smaller clients that you have in terms of their digital capabilities that you noted early in the pandemic? What has been the biggest roadblock? If we think of a lot of smaller Canadian businesses, a lot of them are working with certain integrated systems, but a lot of manual processes. So we have clients uh, that have come to us that say, you know, we, we are purchasing off of Excel spreadsheets that we use to plan our material requirements. You know, we're scheduling our production off of spreadsheets. We've got customers that are making demands for us. And to be able to change in rapid response to these major shifts was extraordinarily hard. So working off of spreadsheets doesn't give me an easy ability to see my alternate sources of supply, to run my what-if scenarios, to press a button and perhaps cancel an order, change order quantity, shift dates, and so forth. So for smaller companies, a lot of the bigger issues relate to the fundamentals of business, integrated business processing. And if we think of these integrated systems that effectively control your operations, feed the transactions to the general ledger, of course, I'm talking about ERP systems. Now, having this all under one hood with one set of capabilities is very, very important. So for example, 
if I get a note from one of my critical suppliers that the entire, you know, shipment has been canceled because their factory shut down because of logistics issues or whatever the case may be, I could turn to my system and know that I've got an alternate supplier that's been pre-approved to supply those components to me and then create, create the order in that system. Whereas if I'm running off spreadsheets, it'll take me longer to find out the information, place the order and so forth. And you run that example process across a business and it becomes very hard to make business decisions in a responsive way. So again, connecting the dots, running in an integrated basis, and being able to respond really demands business system integration fundamentally. And I think for small businesses, many were headed in that direction before COVID, and we're seeing an increased demand for these types of requirements uh, now that we're four months in. Manufacturers have faced cash flow problems over the last few months with employees furloughed, with production reductions, with supply chain bottlenecks. The need to digitally transform has been made very apparent, but how can uh, manufacturers actually pay for it when it comes down to it? The good news here is that the Canadian government has been stepping up and they've been stepping up to provide grant funding to support digital technology adoption and transformation initiatives. There are four or five major programs that are live today with more in the works to support modernization and digital transformation. There is the Ontario CME Technology Assessment Program that provides up to $25,000 of funding to support technology assessments. So these types of digital transformation and business process improvement plans that we've been talking about. There's an Ontario Automotive Modernization Program that provides up to $100,000 for supply chain improvements, including business system and automation type of projects. There's a similar program in Atlantic Canada called the Atlantic Canada Advanced Manufacturing Technology Assessment that provides up to $50,000. The Saskatchewan Lean Improvements in Manufacturing or SLIM program that provides up to $20,000 for technology assessments and up to $500,000 for capital investments. So yes, it's business systems, but it could also be automation equipment and the like. And then there's the Canadian Agricultural Strategic Priorities Program that can provide up to a million dollars for technology adoption option or commercialization projects. The government is stepping up to help the Canadian small manufacturing business market modernize. It's no secret that Canadian technology adoption in manufacturing has lagged historically. And now the government understands that to remain competitive, to provide these really good jobs, high skill manufacturing jobs, to improve the knowledge base of our economy, it needs to support the industries and it's doing that. So mm. there are funding programs available to help small and mid-sized Canadian manufacturers. We were kind of expecting through this period to be getting interest from much larger organizations. Like you suggested, they have deeper pockets. They're the ones who may be in some cases weathering the storm. But I'll tell you, when I look at our sales pipeline, what we're noticing is that the smaller companies are the ones that are generally coming out and saying, we're ready to digitally transform. We're hungry for this. And initially, I was surprised when we looked at the statistics internally. But on reflection, it's seems to make sense. Smaller companies have an ability to be more nimble, to be more responsive, to shift production, and uh, in many cases don't have the bureaucracy internally, uh, have the decision-making flexibility to do this, and can in many cases do it a little bit more quickly and more cost-effectively, obviously, than larger companies. So if you're stable, if you're seeing the demand, now's a good time to look at it. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. They can be more more nimble, but they also were the ones that were probably really faced with this adapt or die decision, especially for those that actually had to shut their doors or really reduce their production. Are there other available resources to help companies get started on their digital transformation journey outside of government funding? Yeah, so I mean, there's always great knowledge base and information just to understand what to get started. What does it mean? Obviously, manufacturing automation has a wealth of best practices and subject matter experts who talk about industrial automation and enterprise systems and the latest equipment and automation technologies. I encourage you to check out the Pemico website as well. We've got a list of the grant programs. We have best practice articles on how companies should approach digital transformation, case studies, and the like, detailed articles on how to define your requirements, build a business case, identify strategic alignment, evaluate technology providers. But again, you know, there are good free resources out there that can pinpoint you on how to get started, what to look for, and how to build your plans and business cases, and ultimately how to architect your future state. This is a pretty big scale project. What are some of the really short term solutions that companies can do when it comes to sort of overhauling that whole technology stack that can act as a stopgap to what's been happening with COVID? Or or would you suggest that manufacturers are better off to plan for a total revamp in the next one to two years? Yeah, that's a really good question, Christina. And there's no right answer. And we prefer to look at digital transformation as a journey. It's not an either or type of proposition where we're either going to be fully transformed or we're going to be running legacy processes. If we think about the path to digital transformation, it's going to happen in some cases incrementally and that in, those increments in some cases can be big, big pieces change and they can be smaller. But the idea is to build this continuous improvement system in your organization where you are continually adopting process improvements, system improvements, people improvements that drive strategic value. And so if we look at digital transformation on a continuum, like I said, there may be some big pieces like an ERP system that you're required to change. That's going to take a long time. And so we're not going to advocate that a company stands still between now and the time it switches out its ERP system or implements new shop floor automation technologies and robots and the like. So there are incremental steps that companies should take on the way there. So for a company who's thinking about uh, doing things in the short term to prepare for a wave two or to get ready for a bigger transformative initiative like a major shop floor project or ERP project, well, things to look at, how can we make sure that we enable our workforce remotely? How do we have the proper infrastructure, disaster recovery, and contingency planning processes in place in the event of a major shift? Do we have alternate sources of supply? To the extent that we have a major shift in our demand, how quickly can we push that down through our supply chain so that we aren't exposed to risk for having you know, heavy supply obligations and the cash flow implications of that if the demand goes away? So those are some of the fundamentals. Other pieces obviously include getting ready for the digital transformation for perhaps the next big initiative, whether it's six months away, whether it's a year or two away. What are the things we should be looking at now in order to get organized and to get ready for that? So things like data, is our data accurate? Is it clean? Are there fundamental business processes we can put in place today that are going to help improve disciplines, help get ready for the next project, but also allow us to get some value through process improvement in the short term? 
So when we go into companies and to answer your specific question, Christina, we don't always recommend make an overhaul in year one. Sometimes it's year four or five down the road. Sometimes the existing systems are good enough. And so the question is, how can we do more with what we've got, given whatever that interim time horizon is? And I hope that helps answer the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think looking forward to the rest of the year, um, using what you have and the fact that we've all gone through this once now can help companies at least plan a little bit more in the short term. You touched a little bit on this, but what would you advise companies to do when it comes to assessing and planning for risk going forward for the rest of this year? Risk management is a really interesting concept, and companies typically have a very hard time putting a valuation on a worst-case scenario, whether it's a cyber attack, whether it's a pandemic like COVID. And it may get lip service in risk management meetings, but seldom gets the attention it deserves and seldom gets the scarce resources that a company has that it may want to allocate to sales or to marketing or to a new product initiation. And that's fair. But the way cyber threats are escalating in the world, the way we're experiencing geopolitical, geographic health impacts to business, it's important to think about risk more seriously and perhaps actually understand what our risk is to understand what the potential impact is, not just a normal case impact, but perhaps a worst case scenario, and really map out the risk management methods. For smaller companies, we typically advise a cross-functional committee that works collaboratively on risk. Maybe they meet monthly, maybe they meet every second month, but the idea here is to take a specific scenario and run through the cross-functional implications. So we have a risk, for example, COVID-19, How's it going to impact HR and staffing? From a technological perspective, can we enable our remote workforces? From a technology cost perspective, if we have to cut our workforce, do we have the flexibility in our technology contracts to scale down our costs? So can I deactivate users or reduce my support costs, whatever the case may be? If a server goes down with a mission-critical system, how quickly can we spin up in our failover environment? Operationally, do we have manual processes that will allow us to continue to run while we're down, whatever the case may be? So our advice to small companies, and now is a really, really good time to think about this because we've all been through it and our memories still aren't super short. We're still going through it now. Start your risk committees if you don't have them and start with an initial risk scanning exercise, model your worst case scenarios and identify the management method that you're going to use in order to overcome that, whether you're going to avoid the risk, whether you're going to mitigate the risk, whether you're going to accept the risk and what that looks like. And to the extent you can, throw some numbers against it. Is there anything else that you would want the industrial automation sector to come away with as they're thinking about their post-pandemic plans? The one message, and this is reiterating what we spoke about at the top of the podcast, is to think big, is to think holistically. It doesn't mean you're going to make big changes tomorrow, but manufacturing is changing. The manufacturing industry is changing. And the idea of flexible manufacturing, of responsive manufacturing, of intelligent manufacturing is upon us. And it's certainly pervasive in other regions and geographies and is coming to Canada. So you may be implementing certain things in the short term, but when you make decisions, understand the implications on the long term. Understand where your business may go in the future, in five years. Are you going to enter new markets? Are you going to want the flexibility to build different products? Are you going to want to develop service models that allow you to develop subscription revenues or long tail sticky service models 
for good customer relationships. So when you think big, when you think long-term, you'll be able to make these smaller decisions in a way that will push you towards that long-term future state, but will also not handcuff you and perhaps prevent you from going there. So the major takeaway is to build a digital transformation strategy, but build it holistically, understand how you may need to change your organizational structures, how you may need to change your data structures, your business processes, and the technologies that are going to be required to deliver uh, that future state and that strategic business value. And so when you have that picture, you'll be able to paint the dot on the map at each stage of your evolution to say, in six months, I'm going to be here, but I also know that it's going to put me on a path to reach my next stage and my next stage. Well, thank you so much for your time and your thoughts on digital transformation today, John. If our listeners want to get in touch with you, how might they do that? Sure, they can get a hold of me three ways. They can get a hold of me by email, and my email address is jonathang at pemico.com. They can get a hold of me on my work line, which is area code 647-499-8161, extension 802. And I encourage you to connect with me on LinkedIn. We're posting thought leadership and best practices all around digital transformation and executing these projects successfully. And my LinkedIn handle is jonathangross08. Excellent. Well, thanks again, John, and uh, take care. Thanks, Christina. Thanks again to Jonathan Gross at Pemico Consulting. You can find more episodes of Machine Language online at automationmag.com podcasts, or join the conversation on Twitter at automationmag and on LinkedIn by searching manufacturing automation. I'm Christina Urquhart, and that's it for today's episode of Machine Language. Thanks for tuning in. This episode of Machine Language, the podcast, is brought to you by 6S Partners, a certified platinum Epicor partner with customers and service staff spanning North America. 6S is focused on helping its clients adopt ERP best practices and transform to an optimized operational business model that will improve overall efficiencies and profitability. For more information, visit www.6spartners.com. Mm-hmm.